Welcome to Living Above Self. I am Grace McLean, an experienced and certified financial advisor and retirement specialist who loves to share inspiring stories that impact people's lives. Each week on Living Above Self, you will hear insightful interviews, financial strategies, and the nuggets of wisdom to guide your week. This podcast is about you. It's for you. Welcome to Living Above Self. I am Grace McLean. Our podcast focuses on personal development and mindset growth. Today, we feature a dynamic personality who stands tall among his peers. He is the magnanimous Donovan Betancourt. What's the one thing you wish you had known when you started your career? You know, Grace, I don't know if there's really one thing. Um, there are a number of things that um, I think I had I known. And I would say that, first of all, that you should not put yourself down in a scriptive path. The idea is that I really wanted to be a doctor um, until I failed chemistry. And until today, I, I, just hated chem- I just hate chemistry until today. The reality is um, that was really not to be my path. But can you imagine... Today I own a medical complex, so I am not only a doctor. I'm not a doctor anymore, but I do employ doctors. What is your biggest failure, and what did you learn from it? You know, um, failure—it's it, 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 going to depend on how you see things. Because I, the truth is, I don't see anything as a failure. I see them as challenges. I see them as setback. So, if you ask me, I would say one of the things I learned was. Patient. This entrepreneurial path that I've taken now, I started it already, you know, bright, brash, and um, like you see with the young people now, I was in that space as well. And um, it went belly up. You imagine, I mean, belly up to the point where you're, you're struggling to survive, you're struggling to live day to day. And it's just a matter of understanding patience. But there are other things. There are other things in life that you'd have had set back. I think one of the biggest one of recent time would be the passing of my son. I mean, it's not a failure. We've used it to create a foundation. We've used it to, to empower other kids. Um, so I don't see any one thing as a failure. I see them as challenges and stepping stone, how you improve as you go along, Grace. Very interesting. What are the principles that help to guide you along the way? The, 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 the basic principle for me, um, and I think um, it, is, it is sometimes my detriment, but it's just hard work, plain, simple hard work. It doesn't matter where I am, I still get up at 4.30 in the morning and I still work through until whatever hour. I'm always thinking and just thinking of you have to put in the work. There's no way you're going to shortcut the process. So you, you know the adage that um, you have to work smarter and not harder. Um, I've never had it. I've never experienced it. Yes, you need to work smart, but the reality is nothing at all in life substitute for hard work. So even if you're working smart, it's smart, hard work. I think the other thing I would probably want to say, Grace, interestingly, and it's just being fair, being fair to people generally. Um, if it's a staff, be fair to them. If it's your suppliers, be fair to them. Because at the end of the day, um, we have to realize that we're in one circle, one cycle, so to speak. And the extent to which you're not fair to people, that turns around at some point or the other and haunt you. And, and you may figure that, yeah, you're too big to fail or you're too big to be impacted um, by, by the actions of other persons. 
But if you're not fair to people, you'll never get the right output. You'll never get the right trust, the contribution. So I think that's another thing that um, is important in terms of a principle. I want to comment on what you just said. Um, I was struck by two things. The 4.30 every morning that you get up. I, I, for some reason, believe that it started way before now. Probably from high school days, if not before. And so when you when you will develop certain habits, they stay with you. And I, I don't know, I could be wrong, but you could let me know. You know, I, I think that's a cheat question. I mean, it's, a, it's a not just cheat, it's a cheap question, Grace, because we all went to the same high school and um, we're guided by the one maroon principle, which is Dintel Technical High School. And the truth is, um, that was one of the things that it was inculcated in us as students of agriculture. Mm-hmm. Right, so, um, so that has not changed. Um, that hard work. You see, you see my muscles and my broad chest. These are not gym work. These are actually work from the farm, and from those days as a youngster. But yes, you're you're absolutely right. It is something that um, was gained from that tender age, fourteen, fifteen, and um, it is something that continues to to live and it's it's a kind of manifestation where you say to people that you have to put in the hard work there's it, it, it doesn't matter how smart you are smart by itself will not get you there you mentioned about being fair to people that you believe in being fair to people so you have always looked at ensuring that you are fair whether it whether it's to your suppliers or whether it is to your employees and that exemplifies the name of the podcast living above self because that's part of it that's an example of living above self in being fair in looking out for others and making sure that you treat them fairly the idea of um, being fair to people and um, living above self is in reality no man is an island and the extent to which um, a ham is important is a simple denomination. For me, I'm a pork man. A ham is very important to me. But the reality is how many hams can I eat in a, in a, in a period? So the reality is I'd want to know that, yes, I'll get a couple slices of ham and I'm fine. But the people around me also need a slice. I probably eat one ham, but they need at least a slice. So the idea is to ensure that you take people along with you. You, you, you empower people, um, both financially and also from a, um, a physical and a mental perspective. The other thing I'd, I'd, I'd want to say is that over my, my career in, in dealing with people, I've always had to deal with people organizationally, um, personally, whatever the case is. Even those persons where we have had separation, we still have good relationship because it's it, it, it's not always that things are going to work, right. um, whether personally or professionally. Exactly. It's not always going to work. Sometimes we're just on different pathways. But the reality is you still need to be dealing with a person fairly. And so even if, I mean, I've had some of the, the, the most difficult separations in terms of organizationally, but these are people I still have good relationship with. I can see them any day and be comfortable that they've dealt with them in a fair manner fear and just manner so they understand why the separation has to happen and we 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 still move on as people it doesn't have to become personal so so my thing is if you take that in terms of a fairness to how we relate to each other and to think that at the end of the day this world is not about you alone exactly it's about 
all of us. All of us. I think it will be better for all of us. Okay, so you are big on giving. And you're affiliated with an institution for children with disabilities. What made you decide to get involved in helping children and children with disabilities? We, we put it down to children with disabilities and we put it down to the foundation in, in Portland. But the reality is I've always, that, that's, that has been my nature in life, um, to help and to support um, and when we look at um, at what happened a couple of years ago, I my family had the tragedy of um, my son um, in Portland. And I think if you look at it, and I'm making no mean comparison in terms of what happened, but if it is that we can have somebody um, as our Lord Jesus Christ who gave up his life um, for us, to have a better life, then my thinking and my take on it is that with my son passing, what better way can I use his memory than to help? And so we created this foundation up in Portland um, and we have quite a number of students. There are some disabilities um, and not just a student, but their families and we get involved in the day-to-day. So while I've always been giving, and I, and I believe in that, that was the first time that I got into organized giving. It's just what we should do. And I believe that the persons who benefit from the, the, the support of others have a responsibility to give back. And that's what I try to do. Because again, I go back to the fundamental. No man is an island. We are all in this together. And the extent to which I am at the top and you are at the bottom, what happened to the middle? Why can't we all try to move together? Yes, I'm glad you mentioned about the Lord because the Bible did say, well, it does say, that the earth was made for the profit of all. And so you're right. You know, it's, it's not about us. It's not about us being satisfying ourselves but also impacting the lives around us. Don't get me wrong, Dwayne Grace. I'm not saying that, I, that we shouldn't satisfy ourselves. I'm not saying that at all. And the truth is I do um, ensure that um, the success, that I am successful, that I'm driven, I'm successful. But what I'm saying is that the extent to which you go out on a limb to be your success only is where I draw the line. My thing is there should be our success. So I believe in success. I believe in us being successful. As an entrepreneur, as a person, I believe in being successful. But I'm just saying that it should not be me alone. Right. I know me alone in it. It's all of us. Or the extent to which you can bring people along with you or take people along with you. You are president of the Dintel Alumni Association. What would you want your legacy to be? Um... You know, Dintel is my heart, my blood, my everything. Um, and I, I, I tell people I bleed maroon. Well, um, before that, people who know me would tell her that I bleed red. But maroon is close to red. Being um, a digital guy, I bleed red and then maroon. So it's, 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 it's all in the, in the blood. But um, as president, I think what I'd really 
like um, my legacy to be is around the person or the president who impact the most lives in the school. Um, schools are not in a position generally to deliver the kind of service and the quality that we expect purely from a government perspective. And I am living testimony to that. If I were to, to um, if it were just the pure government system alone, I don't think I would be where I am speaking to you today. Mm-hmm. The reality is I benefited from the good-naturedness, from the giving of other persons who were in the community, who support the school and support the school environment. And so my legacy, my position on that is that we should all give back. My position on it is that as president, I would want to do the best to ensure that students of Dintel and the Dintel community have the best possible opportunity. So, legacy, just to make sure that we can give back and give the students the best opportunity. I do not want to be remembered to be remembered as president with the largest account, because I have no interest in that. I do want to be remembered as a president who led a board that delivered the most project and the most impacting project for the students. And that's really what I'd want. What advice do you have to give to someone who wants to be an entrepreneur, a successful entrepreneur? You know, that's an excellent question. A lot of time people get caught up in the idea that being an entrepreneur gives you a license, gives you a freedom, gives you all all the things that you think that you would not have if you were otherwise employed. The truth is not Nogoso. As an entrepreneur, if if you're going to be successful, the same principles that apply if you were working with an organization are the same principles that apply. Only difference is that the buck stops with you. And in some cases, it doesn't. If you have a shareholder set up, then it still goes further. It it sometimes goes to your suppliers or it goes to all of your investors, etc. The truth is, idea that people have that if you own a business, then you get all of these freedom. It is just not so. I really want to dispel that rumor. I want to say, tear down that lie. Because it is. Running a business, in terms of financial discipline, in terms of your physical discipline to the business, have to be exerted if you are going to be successful. It's the same thing in terms of your um, your your human resources. Mm-hmm. It's the same decision. Your accounting, all of those are the same decisions that you make. So where people think that coming and running a business is something where you get more time and you get more, you, you are in control, that is why a lot of business fail. Because people come over with the idea that I'm now setting up, I'm now my own boss. So if it is that you are in an organization and whatever um, whatever principles that were exerted in there, so let us say you 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 are to get in work at 10 o'clock because your operations start at 10. Mm-hmm. No, you are the boss, you're going to get in there at 12. Okay, fine. The truth is for that two hours, what happened? So you, before you were CEO and you'd get in at 10 o'clock, of somebody's organization right. and you make sure that the operation run. No, you're saying you're the boss. The question is, do you have somebody running that or do you have a gap? 
Exactly. It's the same thing when you get onto the financial side. So people believe that if I'm now running my organization, then all of these monies come to you. The truth is it does because you'll see it. But if you do not have the discipline to understand that the same financial principle that applies when you are in another organization is going to apply to you, then you're going to have a problem. True. Because what is going to happen is suddenly you realize that, okay, fine, all of this money that I need, I can't account for it. Because I start to um, buy a little extra this, give somebody a little extra that. But before, you'd have done a proper budget. Exactly. Before you'd have had a proper plan around mm-hmm. how you get that money. Now suddenly you decide, yeah, me are the boss. So you just do it. And I'm just saying that it is a fallacy that a lot of people think that owning your own business or operating your own business is something where you have freedom. You do not have freedom because, well, unfettered freedom, so to speak. If you do not exert the disciplines, you will still not be successful. So based on what you just said, it confirms the statistics as to why so many businesses fail in terms of persons who are self-employed, entrepreneurs, they started out very enthusiastic and they they get caught up with being my own boss. And they figure they have a, a whole lot more time. And so what you have just explained is very, very important for all of us. And for persons who are listening or who are watching to understand that you probably need more discipline, far more than when you were working for somebody. You have to be more dedicated in order to make it work. So it's not as easy as persons may think before they venture into entrepreneurship. Grace, you're absolutely right. The, the, the reality is, um, and where we get lost, is um, outside of the, re- the issues of resourcing and planning and all of that, one other thing of being an entrepreneur versus being in an organization that is already set up and you're just working here is that those disciplines are already set and you're working in them. Mm. In your business, you have to set those disciplines. So if you don't have that vision and that wherewithal that you need boundaries, you need, you need plan, you need um, financing, you need to understand that if you sell $10, it's not the $10 that belongs to you. It's probably a dollar out of it that belonged to you at some point. Right. You would have understood that in an organization that gives you a spreadsheet and you look on it and you just get your salary. When you have your own now, what happened is you have to take that discipline over there and understand that even if the world is popping down, that $10 don't belong to you. It belongs to the business. What belongs to you is a dollar. It's the same principle. And I think this is where a lot of entrepreneurs get lost yes. because they start suddenly to wake up later, mm-hmm. reach a business later, mm-hmm. somebody else making the decision for them, yes. um, treat people unfairly because they are no um, boss. supreme yes. boss. Yes. And they get, as you said, they get caught up in the, in the boss-tality. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> the boss-tality yes. of it all, yes. where I am now some lord supreme being. Right. And also the fact that I now have access to all of this money. Um, and and it, it, at the end of the day, it comes falling down because you did not exert the proper discipline. So, Donovan, I want to really thank you for being our guest, our very first guest on 
living above self. And it was really my absolute pleasure to have you as our first guest. I believe that all our listeners and our viewers today have been impacted by the value of what you had to offer in this episode of Living Above Self. American inventor and philosopher Franklin Benjamin said, an investment in knowledge is the best interest. Billionaire Warren Buffett said, the most important investment you can make is in yourself. When it comes to investing, educating yourself about money is very important. That is why Living Above Self introduces the Grow Your Money feature. Welcome to Grow Your Money. Do you know the difference between saving and investing? Saving is storing up money to be used at a later date. Investing is putting your money to work for you. Many of us were taught to get a good education and then get a good job. Investing is about having a growth mindset. It is your ticket to financial freedom. Having a good job will have us working for money all our lives. But what do we do with the money we earn? Are we putting our money to work to create financial freedom, to create wealth? Investing adds purchasing power to your money. Savings is good as an emergency fund, as interest rates are low and is losing value daily due to inflation. Entrepreneur and best-selling author of The One Minute Millionaire asked the question, how many millionaires you know created wealth by investing in a savings account? You will not earn enough interest in a savings account to make you wealthy. Is your money working for you or is it losing value? Do you want to outlive your money or have your money outliving you? Warren Buffett started investing at age 11 and became a millionaire at age 56. Here is a financial rule that we all should use as our guide. It is called the Rule of 72. It's a financial rule that determines how many years an investment takes to double. So if you're earning 2% on your investment, you divide 72 by 2, that is 36 years for your money to double. Investor and entrepreneur Robert Kiyosaki says, it is not how much money you make, but how much money you keep, how hard it works for you, and how many generations you keep it for. Here are ways to grow your money. 1. Buying stocks. 2. Real estate. 3. Investing in foreign currency. Living above self challenges us to grow our money and grow ourselves. Thank you for listening. Albert Einstein once said, try not to become a person of success, but rather try to become a person of value. Living Above Self introduces you to our Nuggets of Wisdom feature. This week, we share the inspirational story behind the hit song by Rachel Platten entitled Fight Song. This song was penned at a very low point in Rachel Platten's musical career. It was written to remind her to believe in herself and that she still had fight left in her. She needed hope. 
This song was not written for the world to hear. She had invested a decade of her life trying to achieve success in her musical career, but her hit song seemed elusive. 72 hours after hearing her song on the radio, she was signed to a major label. Rachel Platon said everything she dreamed of came true that year. What if the world didn't hear that song? Over 522 million viewers on YouTube have seen and listened to that song. That's what living above self is about. What is your fight song? We all need a fight song. The lyric says, I don't care if nobody else believes, I still have a lot of fight left in me. So let's dream big. Muhammad Ali says, if your dreams don't scare you, they aren't big enough. Thank you for listening. Living Above Self, your podcast about personal development and growth mindset. Someone is sitting in the shade today because someone planted a tree a long time ago. Please recommend Living Above Self to your family and friends and tune in next week for another insightful episode of Living Above Self.